0: Today on The Topping Show, Dove launches a campaign against beauty. Feds investigate Bud Light for advertising to children. Montana bans TikTok. Chick-fil-A closes their very free store. Taco Tuesday trademark is under attack. Honda to stop making gas mowers in the United States. Nintendo breaks records with their new Zelda video game. Dave Chappelle roasts San Francisco for literally being a shitty place to live. And Hyundai Kia settle for $200 million for their business blunder of having cars too easy to steal. All of that and much much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode of the Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder released twice today. Gazay is quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that, that that's a joke. If you're a IT leader or a business owner, you can use a little assistance with your IT. You can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Nintendo's Zelda breaking records. In a mere three days of the release, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom became the fastest selling Nintendo game and selling in the U.S. about 10 million copies. Reporter Axios estimates revenue of $700 million and it's already becoming the best video game for the Nintendo Switch console. This isn't too surprised since, if you look at the intellectual property that Nintendo has developed throughout their lifetime, two of the biggest titles are any game that has Mario in it and then of course Zelda. Granted, in terms of my involvement, the last thing I played I believe was Zelda Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64. A game so old, you had to have a special RAM expansion pack just so that it could handle the marvelous graphics, which of course nowadays are comical and. Contrast, except with the Facebook Metaverse. Retro burn, kind of. Now, other interesting business news: you have Taco Tuesday. The trademark is under attack. So I always wondered, why doesn't every company use that phrase, Taco Tuesday? Since between people on the streets and the office, it's a cliche as old as I can remember. Of everyone talking about, oh, it's Tuesday, I get tacos, which is a food delivery system that people in the United States are incredibly. Incredibly addicted and fascinated with. I actually just had my first taco in Texas maybe six weeks ago. It's a Texas-based taco company, and they have some great tacos. It is moderately delicious. It has some nice salmon in it. But there are some people that go fanatic and just really, really love tacos. Now, I looked into it. It looks like the trademark of Taco Tuesday it was originally granted to a company called Taco John's. And I believe they have about 400 locations, really not as big as the company that's suing for it. So Yum Brands, which is the parent company behind Taco Bell filing the trademark lawsuit. Now Yum Brands is bigger than you could ever possibly imagine. They're actually a spinoff of PepsiCo, which Pepsi also owns Frito-Lay. So it it used to be even greater, but nevertheless, currently Yum Brands is the parent company headquartered in Plano, Texas, and they own the properties, or rather the brands and businesses of Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, and Wing Street. So if you ever wonder, well, wait a minute, why do they all have Pepsi products? Well, they used to be owned by Pepsi, and odds are they probably have a strategic business relationship ongoing as well. Now, Yum Brands is petitioning the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to, quote, unquote, liberate the phrase from Taco John's. And they go on to say that they would like the phrase for, quote, quote, to all who make, sell, eat, and celebrate tacos." Unquote. Now, it is interestingly enough, they're not suing to get the trademark for themselves, which a lot of folks, when, when the news first broke, and you, of course you only read the headline, they thought they were just doing it so that they themselves get the intellectual property. It looks like it going to open up to everyone. Although the downside of that is, in doing so, pretty much Taco Bell would be synonymous with the phrase, since. In terms of market share they would just steamroll the competition i mean there are so many more stores of taco bell and of course they have more marketing dollars than you could possibly imagine to actually put a campaign behind this so uh, it's one of those things where i'm gonna have to side with taco john's in this case they're the ones who came up with a brilliant idea and also importantly they made sure they got legal protection for that idea i've never been to a taco john's but They came up with the idea, I think they should probably keep it as it makes their brand unique and they were smart enough to capitalize and seize the opportunity. Other interesting restaurant news, you have Chick-fil-A closing their first ever store. Now, the first store opened in 1967 in a Greenbrier Mall food court in Atlanta, Georgia. It's gonna be closing this last Saturday, and it was noted to be, quote, a pioneer in the modern day food court. And for the first 20 years of business of Chick-fil-A, they exclusively opened in malls in terms of their physical locations and it's one of those things where they didn't give an official statement of why they might be closing that but just common sense we've all read the foot traffic at physical malls are down exponentially they're just getting worse 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 throughout time a lot of people are knowing the rise of e-commerce being the main competition and reason why malls are just decreasing in popularity and i I doubt it, but I really hope someone at Chick-fil-A or the mall who owns the signs will save those signs from the Chick-fil-A store and preserve them for historical purposes. If you're only listening on the podcast and you're not uh, viewing it, I have like five to ten signs behind me. They're all defunct businesses of Blockbuster, Rio Jack, Pure One Imports, Toys R Us. And Chick-fil-A is still around they're growing exponentially and a lot of people attribute them for being religiously based. They're, even though they're closed on Sunday, they make more revenue than their competition. They're open seven days a week, which is an astronomical mark of business success. And I actually did, not, not to toot my own horn, but I did have Chick-fil-A for the first time ever, I believe it was four or five months ago when I took my IT team out for lunch. And it was very good. Now, it'd be interesting to see, but so hopefully, I'll, the odds are so small, but if you are somehow connected with that mall and you're listening, send me a message or in the comments or send me an email and my company will we'll buy the sign just because that'd be a great piece of restaurant history and business history to preserve now other sad businesses you have honda they're going to stop making their gas mowers and it's even more disappointing because they used to be made in the usa which nowadays is a rare feat in and it of itself due to a myriad of reasons from you have minimum wage laws you have regulations and you have taxes. There are a lot of reasons that make it very difficult to open a manufacturing business in the United States. The tech company I own, many of the things that we sell in terms of IT hardware, those are all made over, unless you have a DOD contract or a very specific piece of security software, or rather hardware, it's all manufactured overseas for the most part. Granted, the United States has increased their manufacturing or the, rather their development of software, which many of those are headquartered in the United States, but manufacturing has been under attack for decades thanks to politicians and again it's very difficult to so for Honda to be closing that down and those jobs to be going away is quite disappointing and of course it's going to affect the US factory and when he asked about it, they said quote the decision to end lawnmower production is driven by market forces such as strict environmental regulations shifting consumer preferences and our focus on a growing p- profitable products in our portfolio Unquote. Now, interestingly enough, when asked if it was going to go out, have a global trend of Honda's decrease in manufacturing on gas engines for lawnmowers, they said, quote, Notably, though, it's not a complete end to gasoline-powered Honda tools, though. Honda will continue to sell the remainder of its lawn garden product line in industrial-powered products, such as the GS engine generators and pumps, and continue to support its service for the legacy products in the United States. Notably, Honda isn't shutting down production worldwide. A dealer noted that, unquote, Apologies. A spokesperson for Honda UK stated that the company has plans to no plans to curtail production for the European market, and assurance within European Europe Honda Motor Europe produces petrol lawnmowers at our Honda France manufacturing facility, and is committed to producing the entire lineup. Unquote. So unfortunately, it sounds like they're going to import electric lawnmowers, which. Again, it's one of those things where everyone keeps pushing EV technologies, saying it's green in terms of the environment. It's, much more, it's very, much more of a complex issue and complex question when you consider where the lithium comes from, how it's mined, what's the total life cycle of the product. When my IT company recycles a data center or laptops or anything like that, we can recycle a whole warehouse of servers, storage, and switches. The most expensive thing to recycle out of that whole warehouse well, be a little shoebox size of cell phones with the lithium ion batteries packed in because lithium is a very volatile battery they explode they the cost to recycle them properly is very currently prohibitively expensive there are companies that are on the bleeding edge that are setting up manufacturing facilities to try to get the process and the cost down but it's hazardous much much more hazardous than lead acid batteries which are infinitely recyclable. That's a big core of what Interstate Batteries does, another t- great Texas based company. And they, rudimentary speaking, they have a facility where you have hazmat suits, proper ventilation. You basically crush up the old batteries, recycle them, recharge them. It's a very, in terms of the life cycle of the product, very environmentally friendly. And if you look like at the reliability of a, ga- a gas power lawnmower, especially a Honda lawnmower, those things will last a lifetime. I mean it's one of those things where just like a toyota corolla it'll it'll hit a million miles it's the most popular car in history by the number of units sold even eclipsed the ford model t which was revolutionary at the time but again for me anecdotally from my experience one of the most traumatic experiences of my life when i first started to rent a house i had an issue where i didn't have a mower and a friend offered me said i could borrow his i was very appreciative before I realized it was electric. I'll never forget, I was about, I I rent a very small house, and the, the grass is relatively small square footage as well. Maybe 300 square feet grass? Nevertheless, I was only halfway through attempting to mow the lawn before the batteries crapped out. And they're standard lithium ion batteries. And there's nothing more frustrating than if you're mowing on a hot Saturday or Sunday, and you're you know, full of sweat, you got the Texas heat, you're halfway through the chores of yard maintenance and then you have to sit down and wait 30, 40, 60 minutes for the battery to recharge. Also, it was so bloody weak. If I just, I, I was composting at the time in terms of I didn't use the bag to collect the grass clippings, and every couple, maybe one or two passes, the blade would stop because it didn't have enough juice to actually properly cut the da- to properly cut grass, which, is not a very hard object to hit with a blade, unless it's electric. I know DeWalt and all other brands make ones with more beefier batteries. The one I was using was a Walmart-branded Hart. I believe it was AJRDT, which is the in-brand line of tools that they own. But yeah, a frustrating experience, to be sure. And it's hard to beat, again, Wisconsin-made gas-powered Briggs and Stratton engines. Those are quite reliable, and that's the biggest OE pretty much the biggest OEM manufacturer aside from Honda that make they make the engine and many brands utilize that engine so buying while you can because time shall tell to see but in terms of the business of why Honda is doing this it's also because California California is one of the largest markets in the United States for now most people are escaping as the refugees believe to other states that don't tax them or regulate them to death but they're banning gas generators gas lawnmowers pretty much gas everything in California I believe they they the sunset or the time is 2025 20, or 2030 they also ban gas cars in california even though the electric grid cannot support the current electric uses of the current electric ev fleets there and it currently has a myriad of blackouts throughout the year or brownouts i forget the technical term the electrical industry uses but again short-term decision making time shall tell to see which one is really better long term for a user for the environment and of course for your for your bank account what's going to be the best ROI, or return on investment for you. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, speaking of California, Dave Chappelle was recently doing an improv stand-up over in San Francisco, and he made a joke about the city being shitty, literally. He calls it half glee, half zombie movie, unquote. And in particular, I'm not going to butcher his story or disrespect him by taking the joke or steal it, but I'll just note the subject. He was noting that there's a homeless person outside of an Indian restaurant he was about to eat at and that person just defecated just outside, just, just on the sidewalk, which may sound preposterous to many with, who, are san, who are those who are not insane. Those, who are, those are, who are actually sane will think that's crazy. But in California, that's the norm. It is so common in San Francisco for people to just defecate everywhere there is an app on their phone, and they believe it's called the poop app, where it'll actually show you a map of the shitty, I mean city, and it'll tell you exactly where, pe- where, where where the crap is so you can try to navigate around it. That's how poor, that's how much the culture has just completely eroded away. And of course, the laws are part of the reason why the culture is eroding. eroding. As drug use, thefts, crime is exponentially on the rise, which is why businesses are leaving in fleas. Most every business is leaving the city. Whole Foods, one of the most uh, liberal companies, they're headquartered in Austin, Texas. They have a great customer experience when you go there. They have fresh food, it's a premium price. They had to close down their store there because they had over 500 instances where they had to file police reports in about 13 months. I believe the exact number is 500, maybe it's 538 instances. I, record, I reported on that a couple days ago, but again, it's not safe. It's not a same place to live. And he so he told the joke in San Francisco, and they all laughed at it because they know it's true. And it'll be interesting to see, again, can culture be saved? Can be turned around? Are they just going to continue to tolerate this? I mean, it's becoming a very difficult to raise a family there. Even if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay for the high cost of living, how do you safely raise a family? How do you safely provide a customer experience in the employee experience that's conducive to having a profitable business to serve the community time shall tell to see what happens now other interesting business use you have dove they want to put unattractive women in video games now i also want to bring up a conspiracy theory although it might be true i've had this theory for years now dove is a brand which is interestingly is hypocritical in many ways my first funny story about them There's a funny, it's always funny when Dove has a commercial where they have the soaps, they want to empower women. I say it's funny because the exact, it's the exact antithesis, the opposite of Axe Body Spray, which I'm forever upset with because as a child, I bought Axe Body Spray because in the commercials, you spray it on you and all the beautiful women come towards you, like actual beautiful women. And I was at the drugstore, I think it was CVS, and I was in the aisle, there's a cute girl, a couple, maybe 10 feet away. I take that product off the shelf. I go, axe body spray. They should help. Unscrew it. Tss, tss, tss. I looked at her and she walked away. She did not come at me as if attracted by magnets like in the commercials. False advertisements to say the least. But interestingly enough, it's the same company. Unilever owns both brands. So the same company that says this product will attract extremely attractive women to you. Some would say objectifying them in beautiful outfits. I wouldn't. But that brand is owned by Unilever, which owns Dove. In Dove, every commercial is about empowering women. But it's funny that both of them are owned by the same company. effectively winning both sides of the political aisles if they're broke down in politics. Or perhaps more appropriately summarized, they're winning both sides of the equation. Now, another conspiracy theory of Dove they always have these commercials where they they have overweight women and they, it's empowering because they try to make them look attractive and they're usually in skippy underwear, which, and my conspiracy theory is they want biggies or um, overweight people to feel attractive because the same company sells ice cream. So Unilever sells ice cream and soap. So if you can glorify looking overweight, you could sell more hydrogen, why are they putting? I'm trying to think of all the foreign um, substances and high fructose corn shrubs that they inject into modern food production for ice cream that you can't properly pronounce. Nevertheless, if you can glorify looking like that, well, then you could sell more ice cream because there's no guilt to just shovel it into your mouth. But I digress. Those are two fun little conspiracy theories that I had. I was are they doing this intentionally? Probably, maybe. Now, Dove is also becoming extremely active in politics making again it's a soap company and there's nothing wrong with the idea or the advertising campaign of empowering women I would think it would, personally I think it'd probably be more effective if you actually empowered women that are worth women that are worthy of being empowered maybe you have a commercial showing off maybe the best inventors in history one of the most brilliant engineers in history was a woman who worked at DuPont the chemical company and materials company she invented Kevlar which has saved more police officers and military Responders lives then you can count. That's the the material they use. For, they used to use exclusively for body armor Now they have carbon ceramic and different harder materials for body armor, but still many office departments to this day use Kevlar for body armor So there are some women in history who are and they actually part of NASA help get them. There are many Many women who should be praised for their accomplishments. I mean some of the best business women in history you have the Barbie which is invented of by a woman. Her husband actually made the mash. The um, was it Hot Wheels or Matchbox? I think that's cute as hell to have a couple, a power couple, invent two of the best toys in history. But no, that that is the it's the antith- antithesis. It's the opposite these days of what they're trying to advertise, and what they call empowerment. So, they want to put women in video games who are not who are not, by no means traditionally attractive or historically attractive. Now, some might push back. Some of these women are in wheelchairs and disabled, and those people can certainly be attractive, but it's unusual to inject all these different body types. I believe one is androgynous, which is a fancy term for meaning I don't know what gender you are, and another one is overweight, and they they actually released a preview with a video game company. So this is an article by The Drum, or it's a post by The Drum, which is someone who's on the Twitter. Also, I'm on Twitter at Nick Topping, N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G. If anyone knows Elon, I would pay, well, I don't have a super amount of money to spend, but again, someday I'd like to have the Twitter handle at Topping. But this was tweeted by The Drum, and they say, quote, Dove takes a stand against overly sexualized women in video games with epic games, Unreal Engine education, and women in games eliminating stereotypes and to build young players self-esteem and body body confidence unquote body confidence is the most overused superfluous bs term i've heard in my lifetime back in the day no matter what you look like you should always strive to be better you should always want to look your best you should always want to everyone could lose a little weight, especially in the united states which is actually an interesting note this probably won't lose money but it's one of those things where we get to the point of society where everyone just goes yep you're good just the way you are you don't have to work hard you don't need to you don't need to go you don't need to put in extra hours at the job you don't need to go to the gym you don't need to care about what you ingest or shovel into your palate it's just everyone's just fine which is truly un-american it, it used to be americans were exceptional they would always go above and beyond in every facet of your life whether it be supporting your church going above and beyond with volunteering helping your kids out with homework going above and beyond as a parent going to the gym every day or just running or walking every day or jogging every day to go beyond and improve constantly your physical health so let's let's watch this interesting commercial i say commercial but it looks like it's video game clipping they <laughs> do have the good music so it starts off as a the youth would say badass. So you have an attractive woman warrior with a sword and she kills some big old monster. Level completes. Ah. Oh, sad music. So now you have that attractive lady going into her dressing room. Oh, oh yeah. doing a pose like, yeah, I'm badass, I killed that monster. Oh dear God. (laughs) All right, so I don't know if this is magic. Again, it's a video game, but she takes off her armor. And that's actually, it's interesting. So she took off the armor and the face protective helmet thing and about doubled or tripled in size. And now she's putting makeup on her face. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little out of character maybe, so okay, she's go it looks like she's in a studio. which she, she goes from the battlefield developing the scene, goes to the studio, now she's in her dressing room. She that chair's doing extra work. So she's sitting on the chair, the chair's not broken. So I I debate if the video game is using a real authentic accurate engine in terms of physics, but she's going on the chair. In the mirror, she's sad because she's looking at the picture, or she's looking at an action figure that shows her how she is in the video games. Music. Oh yeah, now she's she's picking up another sword that glows. (laughs) So she puts the sword on her shoulder. She's about to leave the dressing room. Although this is actually pretty. This is actually a pretty insensitive ad, because it's discriminating against people who can't fit through a traditional door. She still can. So not, it's, it's not even that politically correct. They should widen the door to further mobility. Now it gives fun stats with the little Dove logo. 74% of girls feel underrepresented in video games. Well... It'd be interesting though, the sample size when you look at who buys video games. This is kind of similar to the beer issue. I'd venture to say that most people who buy video games are boys. And also, now that I think about it, there's not a single video game that has Cuban refugees in it. I feel underrepresented. Doesn't show anything about my family. Uh oh, I might have to start a movement. And also, they say underrepresented video games you do have the t- most video games you can customize i think the last video game i played was before the internet well perhaps not that long but but working working 105 hours a week doesn't exactly give you leisure time and yet i still find time to work out and stay in shape nevertheless the last game i think was fallout 3 but even back then you could customize your character so you can make your character bigger smaller you can make yourself have facial hair or any kind of hair you would want so We've gotten to the extreme level of customization in video games. Now that I think about it, how could you not feel like you're represented? Especially modern ga- video games. I remember a friend telling me about the Grand Theft Auto. Which, anecdotally, just from a business perspective, was one of the biggest billion dollar video games in history. But he was telling me how you can make your character look. You can adjust every facet of them. You can make their leg fat big. You can make them with a six pack if you want. You can make whatever t-shirt you want them to wear. Or whatever suit you want them to wear. So... You have an unprecedented level of customization in video games how could you how could you feel underrepresented okay we partnered with unreal another quote on the screen we partnered with unreal engine and women in games to change this they did did they women in games they sound popular who are they so on twitter they've been around since 2014 they have 53 followers now, my Twitter, not to, not I know I'm not a million. No, there's not a million subscribers on my Twitter, but even I, who I'm very late to the game. I started using realistically using Twitter once Elon took over, trying to promote the tech business that I own and other interesting fun in this podcast. Even I have 230 followers. How do women and they have zero tweets? An insult to the tweet community, as some might say. So that's that's who they're partnering with. To change this, the music is good. Whoever wrote the music was exceptional. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, so now, so now it's replicating the first scene of the video. So now she's in all her glory, much bigger, and now she's she still managed to kill the big dragon thing. Again, I don't know. I don't know how realistic that, that is let's make virtual beauty comma real and they end with oh okay so it's a very so it ends with two big two big gals one's the video game one's real so i guess they so she actually volunteered No, she i got paid but okay so the character was based on a real person with Again, I'm not a fashion guru. I buy my clothes once every six to ten years, partially because I know the profit margins on my clothing. And once you find a good style, why well, change? But the real girl, who's a big girl, she has jean shorts on, which I'm not a fashion aficionado. But jean shorts are for men in their 60s who have New Balance shoes and drive the Chevrolet Corvette. Now, I also have owned 16 pairs of New Balance shoes made in the USA. I'm ahead of the curve in the cool section. Some might say no Corvette yet. But she's wearing jean shorts, and I don't know what you call it—the the tank—the a tank top. But it's too small for her, and she's a big girl. Like she's she's big, so she has like her gut is hanging out. So she has that midriff, but and she chose that outfit. I guess it's the same orange as the video game character, but again. Bizarre, but not unheard of for Dove. They've been using this similar marketing idea for years. Now, if you go to the poster of their idea, they do have a picture of you have someone who is overweight, of course. You have to, you also have some androgynous. now you do have someone in wheelchair and who has Down syndrome, most likely. Now, those might be good in certain video games because you can't. There's no choice in terms of you're born with that condition and if they're smart with marketing again i don't think they are but maybe have a commercial where someone is like maybe like a kid or um in a wheelchair doing their makeup or i don't know using the soap or because they can be certainly be beautiful but uh interesting to see the but a lot of people wonder will this tank the company no so the reason this is not in the business blunder section of the day is because of historically they've been having this approach for do- probably a decade the United States is the most overweight country on the planet so it's over 50% of people in the United States are obese so I don't see it tanking their sales they've been doing this approach for years and again it's an easy sell in terms of they're just telling you you do not have to work hard you can just just roll through life being eating our ice cream that we also make I'm sorry there's not a promo free pint of ice cream with every dove bar of soap purchased but From a cultural perspective, it is a far cry of back in the day when you used to have commercials that glorified people who are in shape, people who are exceptionally beautiful. And it's interesting to see the culture shift that many people are attracted to these new commercials and society's gotten to the point in the United States, especially, where they're not, in my opinion, they're not striving to be their best. It's fascinating to say the least, but in terms of their sales going down or being affected by this in any way. No, pr- probably not. Although in terms of social media, they're getting ratio pretty hard on the Twitter verse where phenomenon, in which more people like the replies that are derogatory or making fun of them than the actual people who like to the original post. Now, going on to the business or rather the politics. So going on to the politics part of the podcast, you have Ted Cruz demanding Bud Light probe for advertising to kids, which not to say I called it, but yeah. If you're an alcohol company advertising towards kids or endorsing someone who advertises towards kids probably not a proven business idea because again they're not legally allowed to purchase your product in the united states now ted cruz as well as marsha blackburn she being from tennessee ted cruz being from texas senator they sent a letter to the anheuser-busch ceo brandon whitworth they claim that the the recent spokesperson dill movaney commands an audience that skews significantly younger than the legal drinking age true the letter cited that Mulvaney's Days of Girlhood, in which Dylan sang Eloise and dressed up as a six-year-old, was very indicative of the overall theme of Dylan's channel and content. It's an astonishingly interesting video. You can't comment on it. And if you say certain things, your videos on YouTube will be blacklisted and delisted, which I somewhat suspect is why my viewership went down the past couple of days when I mentioned certain topics. Yet another reason to adapt alternative medias, which we will. Now... In one video, Dylan has 11 million views in which Dylan is at the mall giving away merchandise, including cash, to teenage girls, at least one embraces. Again, they can't buy beer. Another video shows Dylan shopping for Barbie dolls. And, of course, the average market for that product is, you know, 3 to 12 years old. And the letter also had a quote from Bud Light's former genius VP of Marketing, Alyssa Heinerschild. Who is known for being a hypocrite? Who, of course, when she was in college, she got blitzed or inebriated on the Bud Light in the frat parties, and they actually had a photo in which she drank their piss water from a condom. The same woman went on to have this marketing campaign where she says, "We need to get, we need to get away from that Friday image. That's not the future. People in suits will drink Bud Light with a little pinky high. Fa-. No, they, they won't. But nevertheless, what she said was." They need to, quote, persuade young drinkers to come drink this brand. There will be, if we don't do that, there will be no future for Bud Light, unquote. Well, there is no future for Bud Light. She got half of that right. But it is one of those things where you chose someone who, again, the average audience member for Dylan, all reports say is about 15 years old. The average TikTok user in general is 20 years old. Now, the letter specifically urged Whitworth to, quote, To avoid a lengthy investigation by the Beer Institute Institute, by instead having the Anheuser Bush publicly sever its relationship with Dylan Mulvaney, publicly apologize to the American people for marketing alcoholic beverage to minors, and to direct Dylan Mulvaney to remove any Anheuser Bush contact from Dylan's social media platforms. Now, I did have to alter that quote because on YouTube, if you use the traditional pronouns or the the ones that were on the birth certificate of Dylan, Your videos are delisted and you are immediately removed from the pool of recommended videos again 1984 has ever been never been more prevalent everyone in america in the world i would say should read george orwell's masterpiece in which he talks about newspeak in which they quite literally rewrite the language to control people the irony of the united states having this book already been published and not reading it is not lost on me probably should have read it now It'll be interesting to see what happens from this, but again, the ultimate business blunder. You also have people on the left who are now furious at Andrew Bush for not sticking by Dylan Mulvaney. So now everyone is pissed, including the investors, as they've lost about $11 billion in evaluation just erased from the stock market. And it's going to get worse before it gets better, especially as they try to do all their pandering. They recently tried to pander by having a beer can with Harley Davidson, which. Is not a cheap licensing deal. It's one of the most expensive or premium brands in terms of it's been around the United States forever, great Wisconsin-based motorcycle manufacturer. In order to get a licensing deal like that, you have to pay a pretty penny. It's not cheap. Now, other interesting political news, Montana as a state banned TikTok. Now, this is a first in terms of it's never been done for the public. Now, Montana Governor Greg Ganforte Signed the law law last Wednesday, following the state's legislation approved last month. So the state did approve it, and he signed off on it. Now it will take effect January first, twenty twenty four. Which, looking at the clock, is about half a year or a little more than half a year away. So on the double-edged swords of government, I prefer it moves slow or not at all, especially when it comes to you know things like business regulation. I think, but it is also one of the things where if you want something to happen, it can take some extra time this is kind of what the founding fathers invented gridlock for because they wanted it to move slow and ideally for people actually to think before they pass laws and regulations regulation even though that i don't think that happens anymore for the most part now TikTok parent company in china china or china depending on how you want to pronounce it now that company is bite dance they claim that this will quote infringe on the first american rights unquote of montana residents and it will defend its users right in and out of the state now is not it infringement on the first amendment in spirit yes it is it is limiting your ability to speak is it technically the government doing it mm, not really in terms of free speech the spirit of the law is being broken i agree but legally from the free speech protected but again most americans history is at all-time low again the teachers aren't getting paid enough but it's at an all-time low when they did a, a test around comprehension around 8th graders. Less than 20% could properly comprehend U.S. history. Abysmal to say at least, although many would say by design, so you become more dependent on government and allow them to make greater changes. Again, hope we have more libertarians and more people in the middle gain political power. Realistic? Probably not, but time shall tell. But going back to my point I was, really, I was originally bringing to the front, the Bill of Rights protects you from the government. It's supposed to give you powers. So when it comes to the First Amendment, that means the government cannot censor you. That means if you're standing outside of a capital or if you're standing on the streets and you want to promulgate your political ideals with a poster or which verbally, the government can't come down and say, hey, you're not allowed to speak here, go home. Though some police departments and some people do break that, they're subsequently sued for crazy amounts of money. Which is again another reason to not fight the police, always in terms of the time to get your justice is in the courts system. Always, yeah. Another topic for another day. But they also went on, this bill also gets more specific. While it will be considered unlawful for, unlawful for Google or Apple to offer the TikTok app in their app store in Montana, the state will not impose any penalties on, on individuals using the app. So again, they're going after the right people in this case as well. And this is a this is the first, this is a, the very first state to actually ban TikToks on just regular people's devices. Many other states have banned it on government-owned devices, which the only reason not to ban it on government-owned devices is if you're being paid by China or paid by a foreign adversary. It's basically spyware. And if you have a government device, Putting spyware on it is not a prudent idea if you care about the security of the country. Also, if you have a government device, your job is to work, not bullshit. Which, again, if you're a social media influencer, you make a living on TikTok, okay, that makes sense. But for most people, it's just a time sink where it's an addictive addictive plethora of things that do not make you smarter, do not make you a better person. So, again, should government have any access? No, of course not. Now... Going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Kia and Hyundai in the news again. Now, they agreed to pay $200 million to settle a claims that their cars are too easy to steal. Specifically, this is for vehicles produced between 2015 and 2019, with and quote, when equipped with turnkey ignitions as opposed to cars that only require a button or push wires to start, they're roughly twice as likely to be stolen as other vehicles of the similar age, unquote. It's also one of those phenomenons talking about kinda of going back to the culture part of the podcast or it's actually a TikTok trend for teenagers to steal those cars using a screwdriver, basic, very simple tools that anyone can get. Why those kids aren't properly disciplined? I would say the parents, which is another issue in and of itself. Now, settlement is gonna cover up to 9 million vehicles, provides up to 145 million to be distributed to the owners owners whose vehicles have been stolen to help cover the cost of their out-of-pocket. This includes payments up to $6,125 per vehicle, for the complete loss of the vehicle, as well as payments for the damage to the vehicle and to personal property for up to $3,375. This could also include payments for insurance-related expenses, other expenses, including car rental, taxi, yada, yada, yada. Including costs related to installing the anti-theft software and payments for other anti-theft measures, total cost of the settlement costs maybe slightly more than 200 million depending on how many choose to participate. And again, this is one of the biggest business blunders in the automotive community, especially because it's unique to them. Most every auto manufacturer had a recall for airbags, partially because there's one airbag manufacturer that supplied pretty much the whole automotive community. So you can't blame the individual automotive companies too much in that regard. It's just one of those things where it makes sense. Everyone had the same supplier They should have vetted the supplier. Of course, they should have vetted the supplier a little bit better or a lot better. But to have this issue where they now have more cars being stolen than any other brand, it's gotten to the point where insurance companies are increasing rates or even choosing not to insure the product at all because it's so easy to steal. So to have the car designed in such a way just to save a couple of bucks, and now they have to pay about, it's gonna cost about $200 million, not including the cost to their brand. Which is one of the most valuable things for a business is what's the cost of the brand? And they had been such they had been increasing their brand reputation for years with increased reliability. I believe it, a couple years ago they actually had the best warranty as like ten year, ten thousand miles, which was better than Honda or Toyota at the time. So they had come a long way, but to have this black eye on them and have to pay like two hundred million dollars, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to in today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Each of those things helps the channel grow and develop. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.